Hey everyone, Nelson Roberto here. I just wanted to jump on before we begin and let you know that when we sat down to record, I must have messed up some setting on the microphone because in the recording, my voice is pitched a little bit higher than normal. If you know me, it's going to sound a little bit weird, but if you don't know me, this is what I normally sound like. All right, that's it. I hope you enjoy this wonderful conversation that we had. So when I was in middle school or whatever and a relationship ended my world ended right and like I just was totally crushed and I didn't understand why that was but now understanding what abandonment is and how it affects you like I can see oh that's not necessarily like me as a person upset that this relationship ended it's me as a small child you know feeling like my mother's gone again you're listening to chemical voices a podcast exploring the lives of BIPOC, transracial adoptees, and survivors of complex trauma. Hi, I'm Jaslyn, your host, a nurse, and trauma release practitioner, curiously observing the human experience. As a Black woman and survivor of human trafficking, I've encountered many, many hardships. On the road to recovery, I discovered that storytelling unites us at heart and is where we find healing, inspiration, and encouragement. In each episode, you will hear stories from courageous souls, and we will touch on subjects such as identity confusion, the impacts of racism, complex trauma, transracial adoption, and much more. How do we rise amid trials and tribulations? How do we invite softness into our lives? We touch on these and many other questions, so tune in to experience transformative storytelling and let's heal together. Okay, so how was it? What was it like the first time you reunited with your biological family? Yeah, Uh, probably a bit traumatic as well. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, in, In a different way, you know, like... I talk about this in the book and in the film, but uh, essentially we fly down to Costa Rica, which is sort of the central location. I have a lot of uh, extended family in El Salvador. I have a biological father uh, in Panama and my uh, grandmother uh, at the time lived in, in, um, in Costa Rica. She passed away in 2008, but like, that was sort of where the family had relocated after the war. So we picked Costa Rica as the central meeting point and everyone came from uh, throughout Central America. Wow. And I remember, you know, like I said before, I was very calm and relaxed and like, you know, oh, I'm gonna meet my family, da da da. And we walk out of the, the airport and it's just a sea of people. Like it's just this like, uh semicircle of of people and like you're like how are we gonna find everyone it's just like you know uh just pure chaos yeah. <laughs> uh, in the best way possible and you know we walk out and then i see this this man who looks like me um come walking towards me and you know it's like it's my biological father and oh. we hug and you know and then it's blank like I don't remember anything. No. Uh, there are pictures. We have <laughs> pictures of me meeting my brother and sister and my my grandmother, my aunts and uncles. But me personally, the next thing I remember is sitting in the car with my half sister on the way to the airport, uh, on the way to the the hotel that we were staying at. So like, mm. there's this period of I don't know, 30, 40 minutes that's just gone. <laughs> like I, 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 and it didn't. <laughs> didn't hit me until maybe 10 years later when I tried to like I you know I was sitting with my sister and I was like I don't remember meeting you like I just I don't I know we did their pictures were crying yeah. in tears you know there's this some beautiful um pictures from that reunion but like I don't remember it no so it was very very um overwhelming and emotional that that first meeting and but you know, it, it also sort of answered that question for me. Like, I remember I didn't speak Spanish very well. I still, mm-hmm. you know, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so we didn't have a real good way to communicate. You know, it was a lot of signing, a lot of hand gestures. Uh, <laughs> but I remember walking down one of the, the streets and seeing my biological father and my older brother and mm. noticing the cadence of their walk. Mm. And it just hit me like, that's how I walk. Yeah. And I was like, there they are. They're the people who look like me, right? You know, and so it was like seeing seeing myself in them, which was part yeah. of it. And then, um, you know, it sort of it sort of came full circle. Where uh, um, in the book I talk about how I started going down to Central America and working with them and working in the family business. And then at one point, I call my adoptive father for advice to deal with a certain situation, and he's like, "Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried this?" And I'm like, "Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh." And I hang up the phone and I was like, wait a second, like physically, externally, I look like my biological family and I have the same mannerisms, but up here, like I've, I've adopted, right. Yeah. Some of the way that they see the world and they process things. Yeah. It was this really neat moment for me where like, I started off wondering where are the people who look like me, I found them only to realize that I'm, you know, also like my adoptive family as well yeah so that's one of the reasons why i go by nelson roberto online is to sort of honor both sides of myself right that i'm ah. both nelson the american um or you know uh kid from boston who um i don't know plays frisbee coaches uh does computer science stuff um, programs, but I'm also Roberto, the disappeared child of El Salvador who, um, you know, loves his family and tries to help them out. And um, I don't know, you know, there's there's so much to each yeah. side, but I think the, the broader point is that um, it, it, I just started to see both sides of those, uh, yeah. both families within me. And that's within how I, you. Yeah, yeah, that's how I try and present to the world now mm -hmm. yeah because i think in the the form you 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 filled out i think you wrote roberto nilsson and uh, so when i made the cover arts it says roberto nilsson i'm gonna try and say in spanish roberto yeah <laughs> so i'm i'm yeah. terrible with names Robert as well <laughs> roberto yeah. Roberto. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Time. but Roberto. Yeah. Roberto. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that is your birth name. Yeah. And then Nilsson is what your, the name your adoptive parents gave you. Yes. Yeah. Ah, okay. So how, how, how do you feel about me putting Roberto Nilsson on the cover arts? Is that okay? Yeah. Or would yeah. you prefer? Cause that's gonna, I mean, that's I mean, gonna present your the, the you know your biological family and your adoptive family yeah i, I mean mm -hmm. that that's why i put it online so what i what i usually okay. tell people is roberto is more of a, a family name most mm -hmm. people meet me as nelson and mm -hmm. um it's hard for them to switch and i almost i almost don't mind like that you know i think i put Roberto out there not so much that like I want people or I need people to call me that it's more mm -hmm. of an homage to say like this is this is how I was born into the world as this and yeah. to my family in Central America I'm still this person yeah but at the same time I've you know I'm both I'm both of yeah these. yeah and that you know wrestling between the two identities is a yeah. huge theme in the book is like my my character is wrestling with like how much am i nelson how much am i roberto can you draw the line where is the line you know like yeah all of those questions is, is kind mm -hmm. of what i i wrote about in the in, the, in that story yeah I don't know what your experience is, but I've experienced uh, black people telling me you're very white, yeah. you're very white, your mentality, the way you are, you're so white. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so how do I become more black? Yeah. So almost like feeling insecure around black people. Like, am I black enough 
yeah <laughs> do you get what i'm saying absolutely so you, do you yeah. ever experience that you are not absolutely that you're too white like, that was that again that that's part of the book is that you know i would mm -hmm. um my you know i'd had friends in the u.s who would say like oh you're not really latino you're white right same thing and i'd mm. go to central america and they're like you're not latino you're gringo right you're same same uh, ah. idea okay and yet when i came through customs they would give me a hard time sometimes yeah right because because yeah. they look at me and they're like well you're not white you're latino yeah right and so i am in this place of sort of outside of both cultures mm -hmm. and for the longest time i I don't want to say resented that but like it, it, it's hard right like you, yeah. like you were saying you're like well how, what, what do you mean like i'm not i'm not white <laughs> right <Yeah>. like <laughs> you can clearly see that yeah. how you know and what i think they're they're talking about is like culturally like you yeah. you culturally act white whatever that means and yeah what i've yeah, come exactly. to to realize is like yeah maybe i was uh maybe i was brought up in an upper middle class uh household in the united states but my story as a whole is so representative of what many people throughout central and south america um yeah. ha have gone through you know like yeah speaking of of healing and and um you know having ownership over our journey, uh, you know, for me, one of the, the biggest stories that, that was transformative was Hamilton, right? It was like this story of like um, an orphan immigrant come to this country to like make a difference. Yeah. And then sort of seeing myself in that light that like, yeah, in some ways I, I, I am an immigrant and, you know, maybe I got the, the easy pass, right? Like I, I, uh, I didn't have to cross a border. I didn't have to, um, you know, worry about my my status as a United States citizen. But I still, you know, was born thousands of miles away, and I made this trip, this trip here, and I still had to assimilate. And I was young enough that that you know assimilation wasn't too difficult. But you know, I. It, I think it goes back to what we were talking about with the trauma that like, just cause I don't have memory yeah. of that, just cause other people don't see that in, in me doesn't mean it's not there. Right. You don't have like, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think, yeah. So I think, um, I, I'm sort of where I've come to now is like, I take pride in the fact that I'm from El Salvador, that I am, mm. my experience is very Salvadoran that um you know many many people that i know from el salvador have been separated from their families from their culture from their identity because of that war and so yeah. uh you know i i maybe other people see me as as you know other but i don't you know i'm like mm -hmm. no i'm i'm part of this narrative yeah and i think that's what um again that comes to the work of doing the documentary film and the book yeah i also think that you know we make meaning to our own experiences you know i don't believe that other people get to tell us oh you're not latino oh you're not black you're, you're this you're this no i'm gonna make meaning of my story yeah you know because that's what that's what matters most that's what I believe, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's it's not about whether you dress a certain way or act a certain way or you know can roll your R's correctly. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's it's about the experience as a as as a whole. At least that's yeah. that's what I believe. Like, and I yeah. think one thing that I've noticed as we as Latinos, and it's in, it's in the word Latino, you know, Latin, mm -hmm. Latin root, we identify so strongly with the language with speaking Spanish. Yeah. Um, that it's almost, yeah, it's almost to our detriment at times. 
yeah. where it's like you know well you don't speak the right spanish or like da, 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 where oh, we, we yeah. try and uh, look at it that way but i think um yeah i i just learning learning my own history re um putting those pieces back together allowed yeah. me to see my place in history and how it's not different how i'm not other yeah. i'm i'm one of these even if you know, it might take some convincing, you know, but even if I have to <laughs> yeah. push back against yeah. other people and say like, no, 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 no. Like I'm from El Salvador. I was yeah. separated from my family. I'm part of this, yeah. this narrative and I belong here too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so can we touch a little on um, you wrote to me that you spent the last is it 25 years yep. on getting to know your family and the culture and can you just say a little about how has that journey been you just said like connecting the dots or connecting mm. the parts but how has that been for you like are you learning spanish are you are you traveling several times a year and you know to getting to know the country your your yeah. culture like what has that journey been like so it, it's really interesting where um so going back to this like uh so i'll just say i love lin-manuel lin-manuel miranda and like his work so mm -hmm. hamilton was was huge for me and in the heights too and in the heights is this story of washington heights where they have um sort of first and second generation immigrants who are wrestling with like their the sacrifices that their parents made to bring them there and um, their, their identity, you know, do they stick with the community? Do they follow their own dreams? Yeah. And uh, watching that story really made me realize that I'm sort of this, this weird uh, combination of both a first generation immigrant, right? Like, or, uh, you know, I, I am the first of my family, so to speak, to, to be in this country. Yeah. Um, but also because of the opportunities that I have, I have sort of the um, baggage is not the right word, but like the, the feelings of a second generation uh, yeah. person who, you know, worries about their family, who has an opportunity to sort of rise up in the social status and but still yeah. wants to take care of uh their family and help out um yeah. you know and and pay homage to the things that their parents did to allow them to come here so i sort of found myself like right in the middle of those two things and i i helped me realize that like i almost identify as a central american more right mm -hmm. so i think this is this is a roundabout way of saying like over the past 25 years, I've gone down to Central America, you know, like I, I used to go twice a year and for a couple of weeks at a time. And mm -hmm. that was thanks in huge part to my adoptive family who felt it was my birthright to get to know my biological family and explore those cultures. So my experiences were, have been rooted in taking the bus, taking the Tico bus from Costa Rica to Panama and uh -huh. watching watching the the vendors on the street sell their wares, you know, hold them up to the bus and like yeah. um, the the people who who ride it and stopping at the the bus side um, cafes and getting arroz con pollo like and uh, frijoles negros like eat, you know just immersed in that culture. Um, and when I first went down, I felt really, uh, I guess like a fraud in a way, you know, cause I was like, everyone can tell I'm from the United States and I, you know, I'm just going to sit here and be as small as I can. And then at some point I looked around and realized everyone else is Brown like me. And if I don't say anything, they have no idea that, that I'm from the united states so i distinctly remember having this wonderful conversation with a man 
at uh, I think it was customs going between Costa Rica and Panama. And he was talking to me and I had no idea what he was saying. So I just smiled and nodded. And he had the time of his life. He had, you know, he was chatting and da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. Um, but it just like, I, you know, that, that helped me realize like, you know, I, I don't know if fit in is the right word, but like, you know, I'm, I'm here too. And there's not as big a difference. Like the difference was inside of me inside. that I was drawing these lines, you know? Yeah. And I think for, you know, Spanish is, is, has been tough for me. It's always been tough for me. Um, I'm dyslexic, which is a big part of the book. And so learning, mm -hmm. you know, language is, is always tricky. But I think, you know, more recently, I read this fabulous book by um, um, Prista Ramirez. I, I think her name, I might be getting that wrong, but it's called uh, For Brown Girls with Rough Edges and Warm Hearts something along those lines uh -huh. and okay. it's this beautiful book uh where she talks a lot about her experiences coming to America and I read it and I was like oh like I identify with so much of that and one thing she said in there that really hit me hard was like Spanish is the language of our colonizers and I was like oh, oh. yeah <laughs> I'm here like you know feeling bad about learning about not being able to speak Spanish when it's not even our like native language yeah now I happen to have like some Spanish and ancestry I think as well but it, it sort of like you know made me realize like I'm learning Spanish to communicate yeah and and maybe for my Spanish heritage whatever that is you know but it's not to prove that I'm Latino, Latino, you know, it's, it's not to, to get my Latino card. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's not why I'm doing it. And so, yeah, I, I, I am practicing. I still practice Spanish, you know, but it, it is, it's that communication piece. It's like, I want to be able to talk and respond to people and be able yeah. to have that communication that's been missing for, for so many years. Yeah. So how do you communicate with your biological family? Like, what is that like? Yeah. So um, they they all learned English before I learned Spanish. <laughs> okay. Which is which is funny to say, but I think it, you know, like, um, it, I, I think it helped them out in 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 unexpected way, which was like they wanted to communicate with me just as much as I wanted to communicate with them. Yeah. So my older sister and older brother both ended up learning English and my niece grew up with me coming down to visit her and she speaks English. So both my uh, both my sister and uh, my niece work for, uh, you know, corporate uh, corporate entities in the U.S., you know, and they mm -hmm. they are able to get better jobs because they can speak English. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's like, uh, you know, it's this funny thing where, you know, they they just wanted to to get to know me better, but it ended yeah. up having this this knock on effect where it improved their lives as well. Yeah. And that wasn't the like intention from the beginning, but it just it sort of worked out and it's really neat to see. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's a win win and for then, everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um try and see them as much as as much as we can obviously the pandemic sort of like uh mm -hmm. through uh, kind of made that difficult in the past couple of years but my my sister was here for thanksgiving uh and then before that my sister and both my nieces came for our wedding in last may mm -hmm. uh, when we finally oh. had our our ceremony congratulations uh, thank you yeah we were one of those pandemic couples we were going to get married may of 2020 and then you know two years later <laughs> we finally had the ceremony so uh they were able to come from that for that mm -hmm. and uh you know so we we see each other as much as we can and we talk on you know facetime and and mm -hmm. um you know we all i think for the longest time it was this feeling of um, making up for lost time that, that yeah. I was constantly trying to chase something that I had lost from a very early yeah. age, which was growing up with my siblings of having those like 
um, brotherly, sisterly uh, moments. Now, I grew up with my my younger brother in the United States, and we had a wonderful time, and we have those memory and that shared history, and, and we're very close today. Um, mm. But not having it with this other set of siblings was really tough. Yeah. And I think what was so neat about um, this past trip, at least for me, when my sister came over Thanksgiving, so as I mentioned, it's been 25 years since that reunion. Yeah. Um, and it just... It, it felt like normal. We, she yeah. just came, we hung out, we caught up and, and we went on with our lives. You know, it, it, yeah. all of this pressure to capture what we've lost has sort of dissipated because we now know each other for more time yeah. than we've been apart. Yeah. And so we we do have that shared history and we can make jokes and we can, you know, tease each other about different stuff and um, we can just be siblings and yeah. we don't have that, that weight of the early years isn't uh -huh. sort of hanging over us. At least that's what Be I feel. Yeah. Beautiful. And how is, um, how's the relationship with your biological family, do you feel that it's changed in any way or are, do you still feel very close and connected? Yeah. How yeah. about your parents, your adoptive parents? I think uh, it it's changed and I'm trying to, I haven't really thought about how to articulate how it's changed. I think the one constant with them is that they have been very loving and supportive, mm -hmm. even when I've done stuff that they, you know, cautioned me against. You know, it's not that they didn't approve of what I was doing, but they, you know, wanted me to do something else, um, as all parents do. And I think, yeah. you know, I've, um, I think we've come to a much deeper relationship because of that. Because mm -hmm. I think early, early on, there was a lot of. Um, tension just because I didn't know my own history and my own past and yeah. and now it's th they're on this journey with me and they have mm -hmm. helped my siblings through my biological siblings through school they've helped me travel and meet my family um my adoptive mother wrote uh, her memoir which is all about my biological family and getting to know them and and the history and so like wow. when I need to know who my, you know, third cousin on this family side, I go to her book because she's, yeah. she's a historian and she's better at, you know, uh, putting those pieces together than I am. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we have a much deeper relationship now. And like, she was one of the earliest readers of the book, you know, which I'm sure wasn't easy in parts, but was also um wonderful because like there are anecdotes in the book that I, where I get to tell her how much she means to me you know mm. that it's it's not stuff that we've like said in person but it's mm. it's in the book right yeah. and like this this moment meant so much to me and it's there and she can read it and you know like yeah. she, she she gets emotional I get emotional about it mm. but it's just it's uh so great that we have this this deeper relationship um yeah and that she you know my my adopted parents have also sort of adopted my siblings in a mm. way that yeah uh, both my older brother and older sister see her and my adoptive father as parental figures Aww. and ask them for advice when they're having yeah. a tough time so that's been great and I, I know, yeah, and I've talked to them. I know it was not easy for them. I know that, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to be one big family. And, you know, yeah, it, it, it was a struggle. Uh, they questioned whether they were doing the right thing. They felt um, inadequate in terms of like, you know, they wanted me to focus on my studies, but then I go down to Central America and I get to joke around I'm like the the you know I'm the the lost son returning to the family I can do whatever I want sort of thing and 
and then I have to come back and they they end up being the disciplinarians you know they're like yeah. you have to do your homework and I'm like what do you mean I have to do my you know so <laughs> I think letting me go in those early years yeah. was really hard for them yeah. but I I also tried really hard to let them know that like no I don't it Ah, this this is really good. I think, you know, when it comes to adoptees searching for their biological families and getting to know them, it's not in either or. It's not mm. the adoptive family or the biological family. Mm. It's it's the yes and, you know, yeah. it's here's this other family. He, you know, here's the family that raised me and took care of me and provided me a home and now here's this other family which allows me to feel connected back to my roots where i come from to learn my cultural history all yeah. those kind of things and so that's what i try and tell people is that it's not either or it's both right like yeah and and i hope that uh you know if there are any adopted parents out there listening that um you know i i know that can be hard to let your your child go and explore but um mm -hmm. it, it's not a rejection of you as an adopted parents it's simply mm -hmm. wanting to know it it's that question where are the people who look like me where are the people who... yeah um yeah i think yeah. as for as an adoptee it's a very it's a very personal and big thing and it has nothing to do with that you not necessarily that you don't care for and love for your adoptive family and that you don't appreciate them but yeah I get what you're saying I meeting other people seeing other people that look like you and that you can see yourself in them yeah, yeah. you know and that you're not just this stranger or alien that dumped down on earth from somewhere yeah <laughs> and not really looking like anyone in your family it, it makes complete sense and you know, when I hear you talk about your adoptive parents, they just sound like incredible human beings. The things that they've done for your biological siblings and that your mom wrote a, a memoir. It, it sounds like that, you know, you've all embarked on a journey, a journey together, but yeah. also individually, you know, yeah. Yeah. Her as an adoptive mom, you know, yeah, I, I think um, it it wasn't always easy for them, especially uh, I, I know my adoptive mother felt vulnerable around the feelings I had towards my birth mother. Mm. And that's totally understandable. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, the way we sort of worked through that was like sharing the, the the early drafts of the the documentary film with her yeah having her be a reader in my book you know and I, you know what was so powerful about the book for me is is I could tell the story from my perspective and be like yeah. look this is this is my side of that argument that we had when I was 16 right like this is how I was feeling this is what I was wrestling with yeah uh, and and we could uh, it I, it brought us closer in that way that that um, you know it again it wasn't easy for her I know it wasn't easy mm. but in the end it brought us closer and for my um, for my adoptive father what was really uh, so meaningful is after I gave him a copy of the book to read you know uh, we we had this conversation where everyone else had had gone out to the supermarket or something and it was just us sitting there and he started to open up about his childhood and he emigrated from uh, germany to canada after world war ii and mm -hmm. his childhood circumstances was not always easy but he could articulate some of that you know and and yeah. shared it with me um so you know that that also brought us closer that um you know and it, it sort of made me realize we're both both of us are uh, sort of children who felt the long-term impact of, of war right yeah. where our families were sort of 
uh, impacted, our family structure was impacted by war that took place thousands of miles away. So yeah, that was that was extremely rewarding. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you had an, a, a beautiful moment, you know, of recognition. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. And how beautiful is it that you chose to write a, a an autobiography of your experience and the transformation your adoptive parents went through by reading it like that's yeah. so beautiful yeah and, and again i just want to say you know this is like the 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 token warning um it wasn't easy it wasn't easy. like i don't want to i don't want to portray like it's all you know i wrote this book and it's sunshine and rainbows and yay it was very hard it was very hard for all of us working yeah. through and i think uh, you know I, i i don't think I've, i've thought of it until just now but i think to all of our credit was we you know we acted like a family you know we mm. we were there for each other even when mm. we disagreed and and when there were misunderstandings like we always came back and and mm. worked through it and um i think that's why we were able to have such meaningful moments together you know like yeah even even though i went off and explored central america i'd still come home for the fourth of july and thanksgiving you know i, yeah. I made sure that i was there for those moments yeah and tried my best to like balance you know having these two different families that were very uh different and far away and you know being yeah. in a position where um you know i can't ever be in the same room with all the people that that i love with the closest people you know mm. um you know so doing my best to to manage all of that and the expectations that come with it um, so yeah, yeah. All that to say, it, it wasn't easy, but uh, it was a lot of work, and the reward I think on the other side has been has been worth it. So while you were writing this book, and you you all seem to be embarking on this inner journey. Did you notice the transformation of like what happened with your mental health? If we just mm. could touch on the mental health aspect a little yeah. more. That's that's really interesting. Um so I'm trying to trying to it's it, it's something that that I've struggled to sort of find the words for where when once I sort of completed the book, I remember there were all these sort of feelings that that started to to come to the surface mm -hmm. and i've done enough psychology research to know that there's no such thing really at least my understanding is there's no such thing as like repressed memories but the best i can describe it as like repressed feelings mm -hmm. that all of that those like traumatic feelings that i had mm -hmm. when i was you know, that little boy in the orphanage yeah. came out. And oh. it was, you know, so I don't know what you know about uh, New Englanders, but, you know, our, our uh, we're sort of stereotype is very practical, down to earth, like, you know, grounded. And to like be undone in that way was mm. really strange, um, you know, where, I'm sad and upset and I like can't quite figure out why and yeah. it is like I'm two again like that you know yeah. I'm just transported back to those feelings and yeah. I'm just like you know in tears and I'm like what is going on like what is happening or you know I'd be doing um <clears throat> I'd be doing like yoga and just mm -hmm. at a certain moment not doing anything particular it's not like you know traumatic healing you know yoga for traumatic healing just sort of general exercise yeah. and it just those feelings come back and they hit me and i am you know on the floor crying and i'm like what is happening right yeah and as i've reflected on it i think it's it's almost been this like purging of, of the trauma that like absolutely the 
the feelings that I couldn't access or didn't allow myself to feel for so yeah. long you know I I finally got to a place where they could I could release them yeah and um <laughs> it's not like again it's not been easy right they're like no there are times when you just you you come undone but at the same time I think that like the burden of those memories and feelings isn't there as much so it's like this weird it's this weird thing where in the past I would push down those feelings until like I hit some breaking point and I would just like fall apart and now mm -hmm. I feel a lot lighter but those thoughts and feelings are so much closer to the surface that mm -hmm. like you know I'm watching some random movie and I'm just like ah you know like it just <laughs> it hits so much harder because those emotions are, are close to the yeah. surface you know yeah uh, but it is sort of this, um, I I think I play a lot of sports. So it's like when you have a, a tight muscle and it finally releases and, yeah. and you know, it doesn't mean that it's, it's back to, you know, 100%, no. but that tension has kind of been released and it yeah. doesn't hurt as much as it did. No, beautiful. Maybe even working through um your book it maybe prepared you to come to that point where you could where you were mentally and emotionally both mature enough but also um, prepared enough to f allow those feelings to come to surface you know yeah. yeah because there's a place and time for everything and healing is not it's like up and down back and forth and you, yeah. it's all over the place it's not pretty <laughs> yeah. and in my experience is that sometimes you have to be at a certain place mentally before you are ready to face something get what yeah. i'm saying yeah maybe you're yeah. prepared you for that and, and i think like my my job essentially writing the book is to write down my experiences and analyze my feelings right like mm. so it was forcing me to every day sit down and be like okay what's this moment mm -hmm. and how do i not only like not only does uh, what are the feelings behind it so like mm -hmm. the earlier drafts were a lot of me like writing uh, a, a scene and just being wiped out emotionally right like i'm done yeah. for the rest of the day and then as I got on, as I continued to work on it, those emotions, the the um, intensity of those emotions started to, to fade a little bit. And I could wow. start to analyze in terms of like character and scene and say like, okay, how do I set up this moment? What are the other things that contributed to those feelings? Mm. And how do I seed that for the audience that like, this moment, which was so impactful for me, um, in in storytelling, you can't just say it, right? Like you can't just say like, and then he felt overwhelmed by this thing, right? You have to yeah. sort of set it up two or three yeah. scenes later. So yeah. it really forced me to uh, have that, you know, uh, perspective from above, looking down on my own life and my own experiences. And that's one of the reasons why I say my character, because I really see it as like, this is, um, it, it's a lot like uh, Harry Potter and they have that, the, the pensive, I think it's called, where they pull out the memories and they get to walk around and, and watch it. Uh -huh. That's sort of what yeah. it felt like. Oh, and I'm pulling wow. out these memories from my past and I'm examining them with the hindsight, uh, you know, from present day knowledge yeah. and understanding of like psychology and storytelling and, and family dynamics and all this stuff. And I could see, oh, that's why I felt so, so, yeah. you know, all over the place. So sad. Yeah. So mad. So whatever is because I was going through this thing. So yeah. yeah, writing, writing the book has helped me immensely understand my experiences in that yeah. broader context. Yeah. I definitely, I, I'm just, what you just said is just so in, in, inspiring because you know, you don't, it sounds like you, you don't need a, a therapist. You just need to write, continue to write books because yeah. that's a therapeutic itself. And, and I think um, that's why, like, um, you know, I, storytelling just like spoke to me and, and yeah. I will, I will preface it. It's not for everyone because 
there's like writing, you know, the, the early drafts were just like emotion dumps, right? Like yeah. me just, just writing how I felt. And that doesn't make for good reading or storytelling. So there's this whole craft of like, how do you build a scene? How do you, uh, how do you build characters? What's the heroic journey? You know, that's all the craft stuff. And that is really hard, right? Like I had to study that for like five years, six years straight to wow. really understand how to tell a compelling story. So mm -hmm. that's not for everyone, but I think just writing and sharing our stories in whatever form, whether it's like a podcast like this or, you know, writing it down just for family, that is, I, I, you know, I encourage yeah. everyone who needs it to, to, to do that because yeah. it is, it is so helpful. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And I think, you know, the way you started with the emotional dumping, uh, you know, the, the, in the, during the first time, I just think that's a part of the process. I mean, that's just you working through, you know, the anger that, that comes a lot of anger with feeling abandoned and um, just that confusion and the feeling of living between two worlds. Um, I just see that as a necessary part of, of your healing journey, you know, yeah. and who knows, maybe it can be useful one day. I don't know what it can you know what you can what maybe can inspire you in a couple of years yeah. maybe something can come out of it well i think it's also it's also really helpful for like uh for moments like this where we're talking about it you know and yeah. it allows me to to see things from that that perspective now and and talk yeah. about it in a way that i could not could not yeah. when i was 16. you know yeah. i just didn't have yeah. the words didn't have the understanding um so, so you know we, we yeah. talked about the, the return home. And yeah. I think for, for me, storytelling has <laughs> been that, that return home, that, that yeah. vehicle that allowed me to share with people what I've, what I've lived. Yeah. So how old was you when you wrote the book? So, uh, so it was t January of 2016 when I started and, uh, so 35, 36, maybe it was 37. That's uh, when you started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it actually started with, um, I wanted to do an Instagram post and I wrote like, uh, there were these two pictures that made me think of something. And I wrote a little, um, caption for it. It was about mm -hmm. my biological family and, uh, my biological father and our relationship. And I realized that if I posted this on Instagram, I was just emotion dumping, right? Like I was, I was just like it, not, not necessarily in a bad way. Like it was, a, it was a truthful uh, sentiment, but the person on the other side can't understand it without the entire history of our 25 years together. Right. Yeah. Like it just, it, it that those words mean nothing unless you understand what I've been through. Yeah. So that really, you know, it, it sort of clicked in my head and I could see, oh, this is part of this journey that I, that, that goes all the way back to when I was 16, when I first met them yeah. and the family dynamics that we've had, you know, getting to know each other and working in the family business and all the, you know, family drama that comes with that, that this statement is more the, the summation of all of those years of, of me with my biological family. Mm -hmm. So putting it out on Instagram doesn't do much, right? It, <laughs> it, it just shouting into the void. But if I can tell a compelling story, if I can bring those moments to life, then that yeah. moment really has weight. And so yeah. like the, the trick and the magic of, of storytelling is that you're talking about all this stuff, which, which doesn't seem relevant at the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're, you know, my character is talking about, oh, he didn't make the, the basketball team and he's upset because a teacher got him in trouble. And you're like, well, this has nothing to do with this moment, but you're building this intricate web that leads up to this moment 
where you can see where you can put yourself in the character's shoes and you understand the world from his perspective. Yeah. And so at the very beginning, I was like, if I can write the story from first person and put you, the reader, in my shoes, I can take yeah. you to that moment and you can feel what I felt in that and moment. You can feel what I felt. Yeah, that's beautiful. That that actually inspires me because I'm also writing an, an autobiography <laughs> and I have no idea because there's just so much. And yeah. you follow me on Instagram, right? There's just so much. Um, and yeah, but hopefully I will know how I'm going to write it. Uh, it's a lot writing a book. It's a lot. Yeah. And you, I don't know, I, I just got, I went through many, many heavy emotions, writing, like crying and mm. it's really emotional. So I'm, I'm honestly, to be honest, very cautious. Uh, so I haven't looked at it or written anything for years. Yeah. Um, also because I'm contemplating, how am I going to grasp this? How am I going to, you know, put it out there? Because I just, I is, I don't want to just do emotional dumping. I, I want it to be meaningful. I want the reader yeah. to get something out of it, you know? And, and that's what I was talking about. There's the, there's, uh, storytelling as therapy, let's say, right. Which was yeah. my, uh, early drafts where I'm just venting on the page. And then yeah. there is storytelling as craft, which yeah. is taking our life experiences and then connecting it back to the the broader human experience, right? Yeah. And that's that's the hard part, right? Yeah. That took me six years of hard work, analyzing okay. stories, comparing mine, rewriting the book from scratch for two years. You know, oh that God. that is you know that is not for everyone <laughs> right and it that's okay, like that's okay. Yeah, yeah it is it, it's a long <laughs> time and it's okay not to be for everyone but i think the act of writing our stories and at least trying to package it into something whether yeah. it's just uh like a, a book for our family and friends or yeah. some sort of like uh you know they, they do story sessions where you you talk about what what uh you know you've been through your family's been through like yeah that kind of thing i think is uh, very rewarding it even yeah. if it's not like this complex story weave because because that's it's really hard and uh -huh. you know yeah at some point I, I realized like as compelling as my story is i still have to compete with marvel right like i, I still have to compete with a marvel movie <laughs> So I got to make sure that this book is as good as I can make it yeah. and really learn the craft so that, uh, you know, because that's that's the challenge in today's world is I can go onto Netflix and there are thousands of films and yeah. shows. And I, why, why are you going to read my book about my personal feelings? So yeah. that was that was the hard part is turning it from my personal experience into uh the craft of writing and something that will yeah. resonate beyond just you know resonate to more people yeah that makes sense yeah and then there is the documentary yeah so i i'm a little bit confused so you you've done a documentary before so the, right? the and now you're doing yeah. a new one so no the the documentary film is still a work in progress so it's oh. taken us 10 plus years to, wow. to to work on that as well and wow. i think it was the two projects in tandem that really yeah. um really helped both like my skills as a storyteller to understand you know here's nelson going on this adventure and here's nelson going on this adventure and yeah. here are the the different components and being able to build it and so i think like what I, what I realized at the end of the day is like, okay, so you have a, a big dramatic movie and it's about a hero going on a, on a journey and that's the one journey. Well, I was going on like three different journeys at once and they're all colliding. <laughs> and I was like, no wonder I was a mess, right? Because like I was going on all of these different things. I was wrestling with all of these different emotions. So like one mo moment I'm happy, the next I'm sad. And I'm like, where is this all coming from? It's because I'm experiencing these 
you know, these journeys all at the same time. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a giant mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say the the documentary film is still a work in progress. They're, they're both okay. about in the same place where I have, um, we have kind of a rough cut of the film and we mm -hmm. have, uh, I have a manuscript draft of the, uh, of the book. So I'm okay. hoping within the next year or so, these projects will be out in the world for people to, to see. Wow. And uh, I can share these stories, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been an incredible journey either way. <laughs> it sounds incredible. I'm definitely going to watch the documentary. I don't know if it's, if it's going to be possible for me to watch it in Europe, but I, I hope so. I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and I also am, am very much interested in reading your book. I just, I think you're, story is incredible i think just your journey um the way you have chosen to ah oh, i don't even know what the proper wording is just i don't know what the wording i'm just very impressed by the way you have dealt with everything um in such a beautiful way and i also feel that you're very determined to you really want to bring us into your story and how it felt to be you and how it was for you to be on this journey, you know? Yeah. And that's incredible that you have made a conscious choice to create something beautiful out of something so, so traumatic. I think that's yeah. gorgeous and I admire you and I respect you so much. And I'm so grateful that we are sharing this moment right now. Um, and as a upcoming author, um, I just want to give you a high five and, oh, you know, I you. thank you for inspiring yeah. me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for the, um, for the kind words. Yeah. It, I think, you know, welcome. it's like the, the tough thing about writing a book like this is you are alone with it for so long and what's been yeah. so rewarding over the past year, as I start to share more of it is getting that encouragement back and just realizing yeah. like, yeah, this is an important story to tell. Yeah. And one that will have uh, impact far beyond just my own healing, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm a firm believer that your story can heal so many. Just just this conversation, these what, almost two hours we've been <laughs> we've been online. I definitely feel something within me shifting and I also feel like this curiosity. I want to know more. I want to know more about your story. Like, where are you today? And how, you know, there's so many things I could ask you. Yeah. <laughs> are, are we going to, in the documentary, are you going to share a little bit more about, you just mentioned that you, a bit ago, you mentioned that you were married last year mm -hmm. and how has that journey been for you mm. of dating and building a family when you have this um, wound? Yeah. You yeah. know, because uh, that can be very challenging. So is this something we're going to see in the documentary, like how it that, turned out? <laughs> that is more in the book, I'd say. That is more oh. of, of part of the book. Um, but yeah, I, I think part of this is, is exactly what you said, that it, it has an impact on all of this. And I yeah. never, never understood why, right? Like, so when I was in middle school or whatever and a relationship ended, my world ended, right? And like, yeah. I just was totally crushed and I didn't understand why that was. Yeah. But now understanding what abandonment is and how it affects you, like I can see, oh, that's not necessarily like me as a person upset that this relationship ended. It's me as a small child you know, feeling yeah. like my mother's gone again, right? Yeah. Like being able to separate those. But when you're younger, you can't separate no. those. Um, exactly. The, the documentary film is more about a week-long trip to El Salvador where mm. I'm sort of discovering my roots, discovering how I was separated from the family, what my disappearance meant to them. Yeah. And sort of searching for answers about my past so that mm -hmm. is um 
the the book takes place over 20 20 years the documentary wow. takes place over a week okay. a really intensive week and yeah. it focuses a lot more on the phenomenon of forced disappearances what yeah. that means to be disappeared to be someone who was forcibly separated from your family and also yeah. to have family members who have been forcibly taken from you yeah wow I can't wait to read that book and to watch the documentary and just to follow your journey. You know, I'm, I'm sure that this is just the beginning that you will probably continue to create beautiful things and, you know, put them out in the world and inspire people. Um, it's incredible. Wow. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for saying that. It means a lot. Yeah. It's yeah, the it's the fuel that that keeps me going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Um, is there anything you would like to share with the audience? If there's other survivors listening right now that have a similar story as yours, that you would like to a message you'd like to send them. I I don't know if there's anything specific. It's just you know I would encourage those people who are wrestling with with a lot of these emotions to um to not give up it's it's hard work um mm. i you know when i was sort of like feeling undone i sort of had this thought like i know why people avoid this like i i understand why people avoid this right because mm -hmm. like i am sort of stubborn and neurotic and i'm like i'm gonna charge you know like i'm gonna make a documentary and you know talk about these really difficult things on camera and like, you know, looking back on it, I was like, what am I thinking? But <laughs> it is, it is really hard, but I think, you know, sort of coming out on the other side, um, I just, I don't know how to describe it, but I feel a lot more peaceful with, mm -hmm. with everything. And um, it is hard work. So don't give up, keep, and find maybe that's what I can say find a sort of form of therapy that works for you I think that's that's a big thing like for me it ended up being storytelling and I enjoyed the craft of writing but as I said that's not for everyone some mm. people it's therapy for me you know at least as a younger teen that wasn't the the thing that I needed um making music making uh movies you know yeah. um making art i guess you know yeah. find some form to wrestle with what you've been through and even though it's hard have the faith that it'll it'll get better over time yeah beautiful and i absolutely agree with you i think that can that can come a lot of um creativity out of trauma yeah you know you can you can find creative ways to um, alchemize it and to express it and share it with the world you yeah. know I mean it's given me so much empathy for for other people and mm -hmm. uh, you know it's one of the things that makes me a great coach you know like I, yeah. I I coach sports and it's able to you know have empathy for what the players are going through and and yeah. sit with people in those difficult moments yeah, uh, I think it's also what makes me a great storyteller is because I can, you know, kind of see the world outside of myself and yeah, and understand like, oh, this is this is the way someone else is going to interpret my words and yeah, and how do I how do I shape that narrative so that they get something meaningful out of it too that it's not just yeah. you know me 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 that that um, and you know I I think uh, you were saying that I, I work hard to, to bring the story and connect it to more people. Yeah. And I think that comes from that place of sort of loneliness of not being able to share that myself with other people for so long. Uh, and that when I set out to write the book, I was like, I don't want this to just be about me. I want to find a way to make it accessible to other people because I've been on my own for so long I don't, I don't want, you know, so like there's this thing in writing and, and storytelling about genre and like, you know, 
oh, genre is cliche and I don't want to write that. And I was like, no, I want to find my genre, genre and write to it because yeah. I want people to connect, to understand, to, to see, uh, you know, something familiar in my story. Yeah. I've been an outsider my own, my whole life. This, this is my way of connecting back and, and feeling whole. Yeah. So that's where a lot of that drive wow. comes from that was so profound. I just felt that full body and my entire body. <laughs> that was really profound and resonated deeply. And that's actually one of the reasons, if not the main reason why I made this podcast, because yeah. I have been emotional dumping on social media for many years. Yeah. Cause just, that's just how I processed what I was going through. And I definitely recognize everything you just said about, I felt so alone with this story and these horrific memories and heavy burdens to carry. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want it to be about me yeah. this time, but I've recognized, I've, I've, I've noticed that sharing my story and speaking my truth over these years, it started being very emotional and then it transformed over time the medicine of storytelling, I was like, I want to create a space for others to experience the same. Yeah. Yeah. Or and, similar. I, and I think, you know, for me, when I was writing and you learn about the hero's journey and you realize, and, and you learn about how that is sort of like a primal experience that we all go through, through that. Right. Like, mm -hmm. uh, it, it just, it hit me that like that, you know, that's the way back home. Right. It was mm. like, putting my experiences mapping them to this journey and realizing that while my circumstances are unique and um extraordinary in in many ways yeah the emotional journey that i've been through is what yeah. people have been going through for thousands of years absolutely like, that's my that's my way back home yeah absolutely mm, beautiful i could continue this conversation for hours <laughs> but we can always connect another time and uh, yeah, yeah. make a new recording i would love that <laughs> yeah maybe maybe when the uh when the book and film are closer to done you know we can talk yeah. about that in more yeah. detail yeah i would love that oh thank you so much um for being here nelson i i feel blessed and i can't wait to release this episode out in the world and for people to to listen to it and wow i'm excited for the feedback i think this episode is really gonna it's gonna be something else so, so just thank you so much oh, and... you're, you're very welcome it was uh, it was a pleasure uh doing this and i think it's mm. all it's all part of my journey is uh, mm. sharing this and uh Thank you to to the listeners at home. As I said earlier, mm -hmm. like you are part of our healing as well. And absolutely, um, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. I hope that this episode awakens something in you. I hope that it inspires you. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much. And for those listening at home, if you want to connect with me, uh, my website you'll probably link it, but it's Nelson Roberto. Um, and I have some other writing and stuff that I have there that talks about, you know, a lot of these thoughts and ideas and um, come say hi. <laughs> that was it for today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to raise our chemical voices and share this episode on your social media. If you'd like to guest on the podcast, or share your story anonymously, please find the link in the episode description. Until next time, 